All right, good morning, man. What a great day to gather and just celebrate and just understand that indeed God's love is overwhelming for us and to us. And uh, and again, just happy Mother's Day. Maybe y'all weren't here a while ago when I did the little hello greeting thing, but uh, happy Mother's Day, whether uh, you've got kids who call you mom or not. Guess what, ladies? You're a mom to somebody. Uh, you just got to look around enough to see it because uh, uh, I got so many moms in my life. Of course, my mom, I'll talk a little bit about her today. We're continuing in faith and discipline. Uh, we spent that whole first quarter, you know, talking about the disciplines of our faith. And now we're looking at, at the writings of Solomon. And, and I honestly believe that that uh, Ecclesiastes is it sort of resembles what I would refer to as a as a, a journal, like Solomon was writing down thoughts and things, and and as he concludes his life, you know, he kind of compiles all this stuff into a uh, uh, something to be left behind, something that others should pay attention to, uh, some some wisdom guidance, some some uh, perspective, some some ideas about life itself. You know, and so Solomon had given us this, and whether Solomon actually penned it in the form that we have, I believe Solomon is the source of this material, and so I think we should pay pay attention. We should listen to what he's saying, and we should heed what he's saying, and and I'm not going to read the scripture for you first this morning, because we're covering about three chapters, at least four, actually, from from chapter five all the way through chapter eight, and so we're going to deal with each point from each text of the scripture that that I want to bring to you this morning, but I got a question. Um, I do want to pray first, right? Let's pray. Let's let's just ask God to bless uh, not only his word, which he already has, but... (laughs) More than that, our ears, all right? God, thank you for the morning and the opportunity we have to share it together. God, you say that you meet with us when we gather in your name. And so, God, I just thank you for for being here. We ask you to impress upon us, God, your words. Uh, Yeah, we're going to read from from your word. But God, help us to hear you in our lives so that we might live in such a way, God, that your glory is proclaimed. God, that we get to know that nearness that we can have to you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, I called mom back there in the back room, and uh, I knew she was awake because I'm the one that sets up her schedule. See, roles are reversed. Here you go. All righty. But some of you that are at least my age, see, I I was born in 1962, uh, and um, growing up, you know, I remember my grandmother's television set that would sit in big old box looking thing right there and you'd turn it on, it was black and white and, and, and you didn't turn it on across the room. You went over and pulled the button or pushed the button and, and at like 11 o'clock at night or I think it was, you know, they'd play the national anthem and, and they'd sign off and there was no overnight TV. It didn't go on all the time, right? And my, my my grandma's TV, when it would cut off, it'd go, and then it'd disappear into a little dot in the center of the screen, right? You know, and and I remember that. And I remember that we would watch programs, um, really based on when they came on. We didn't have any control over it. You can't DVR it. You you, you didn't stream it. Uh, you were either there when it started to watch it uh, or you just missed it. And I, one of my favorite was the Red Skelton show. I don't know if anybody knows that guy. I used to go home and watch Red Skelton. 
He'd always end the show, and, and may God bless. That's the way he ended the show every night, right? Every night that it came on. So, so, so that was TV. But like once a year, you'd have these really special events that, that they would advertise that it's coming. Get ready for it. Make sure you're in place. And typically speaking, these were the movies that, that uh, I enjoyed watching because they were very entertaining. One was always The Wizard of Oz. Man, you, you made sure that you were sitting in the television, in front of the television, watching for the Wizard of Oz, right? Uh, that was one of my favorites. I, I don't care what Frank Baum's political aspirations were. It, it was not about the politics of the movie. It was about the, the, the characters. And, and man, I was a short kid, so I believed I lived in Munchkin land. Okay, I was a little guy, right? And I could do that. Right? Everybody know that one, right? Yeah, see? Okay, see, I knew you did. Another movie we always watched and made sure we were in front of the TV for was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Anybody know that one? Yeah, not the new one. Sorry. I'm talking about the Gene Wilder one, right? There's a place in that movie. And I love the way he does it because I, the, the way they film this is just perfect. So they take these kids into the chocolate factory, right? And, 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 and Willy Wonka showed them around the chocolate factory and he takes them in different places. And, and, and I never forget. And, and, and my favorite one actually is the, uh, is the blueberry one. Uh, but it, it happened with the, with the, with the river. It happened, uh, with the blueberries. It happened with the goose. It happened, you know, all the kids ended up doing the wrong thing, right? And I love, I love Gene Wilder's character. And he goes, don't stop. I wouldn't do that if I were you, you know, and then they just, they don't, they're not listening, they're not paying attention, and they're absolutely not obeying the guy that the factory belongs to, right? He knows <laughs> that's not a good idea. You know, and the bubble gum that goes through the roast beef and the, and the vegetables and ends up with the blueberry pie and then guess who ends up as a blueberry right and, and and gene wilder says in there he says it's not finished yet it's experimental i wouldn't do that think about the caution that you've been offered in life you know the times people tried to warn you of something the times people tried to tell you something that they knew <laughs> might not be good for you, right? You you might regret doing that. I remember the first motorcycle my dad and mom gave me. My dad said, son, be careful. Okay, that sounds like a good caution, right? He said, because just when you think you've got it licked, it's going to throw you. And I was like, I got this. And I like to tore my ankle off when I hit a baseball going around a curve in a field one time. Right? That's what Solomon's doing for us, y'all. Solomon is sharing with us some things that he's seen, experienced, understood. He's giving us caution. He's sharing with us this idea that, look, I know what I'm talking about. Pay attention. 
Hear what I'm saying to you. So I titled today's message, Mama Said. Because the person who gave me the most caution in my life was Mama. Right? You know, whether it came to my, my academic studies. Son, you know, if, if, if you're, I remember fourth grade distinctly. Had a book to read. First time I'd ever read a, quote, chapter book. I'd write a report on it. Son, I'd be reading if I were you. I'd be, guess what? I didn't pay any attention to her whatsoever. We got to the last weekend and man, I had to, I had to crash read a book and write a paper on it. Mama said, Mama gave me some instruction that she expected me to follow. First of all, my mama made sure that I knew it was important to be right with God. Right? They took me to worship. You know, I I was a youth pastor for 14 years, right? Most of the kids that were part of the youth program got to decide whether they came or not. Not me, not when I was a kid, not when I was a young person. There was no option on Sunday morning. Mama said, no, no, you get up, get dressed. Did you hear what I said? Y'all know those, y'all know how that sounds, right? Be right with God. Uh, Chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, uh, verses 18 through 20, here's what it says. And this is Solomon. Remember, these are Solomon's words and Solomon's instruction. It says, here is what I have seen to be good. It is appropriate to eat, drink, and experience good in all the labor one does under the sun during the few days of his life God has given him, because that is his reward. Furthermore, everyone to whom God has given riches and wealth, he has also allowed him to enjoy them, take his reward, and rejoice in his labor. This is a gift of God. For he does not often consider the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with the joy of his heart. So here's the thing. God has provided for us food, Solomon acknowledges, drink, Solomon acknowledges, and the opportunity to, to, to do things. I'm going to kind of spell it out like that, to, to work in the world around us. And to enjoy the work that God's provided for us to do. Now, the bigger picture of that is is something that I try to explain to people. Do you know you're not where you are with regard to work just because you, you need a paycheck? You are where you are because God wants you there for his kingdom's sake. All right? It's not just so you, you can go to the grocery store at the end of the week. It's so that every day you walk into your place of work, business, uh, even if you're retired, it's so that wherever you are, you have the opportunity, right, to live for God's glory, to have conversations about Jesus, to, to share with others what it means to walk and talk with God during the day, and to live out a life of, of fullness, in the presence of God. I always tell, I mean, around here when I'm praying with folks and that sort of things, I say, God, help me to stay so close to you that I don't miss what you're doing. See, God's always at work. 
And I want to be in a right relationship with God. We're going, to, we're going to make our way all the way to chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes and we're going to find out that this is one of the main things that Solomon's going. If I could tell you anything after all my life, fear God, obey his commands. That's what he says. So what he's saying here, here's what I've seen to be good. It's appropriate to eat and drink and experience good in all the labor one does under the sun during the few days of his life God has given him because that is his reward see i think i think we've we've taught sort of a a theology that simply says well i can ask if i want something i can just ask it of god and he's obligated to give it to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) my sarcastic answer is always how's that work out for you right god moves and works according to his will Right, And we have to be bowed and surrendered to God's will for our lives. And to not be bowed and surrendered to God's will for our lives is in effect to work against the will of God. And I always tell folks, you try that if you want to, but I promise you it's not going to work out well. Okay? To, To be in a right relationship with God means that I am bowed, surrendered and sacrificed like Paul said I no longer live but Christ lives in me you see that's what it means to have a right relationship with God we don't go pursuing what we want and then ask God okay here's God here's what I want you bless it for me that's not how it works. We go to God first and say, God, what is it that you want for me so that I can be blessed? Do you want what God wants? See, that's one of the first prayers of my day. God, help me to want what you want, not what I want. And, and, and God, if I don't want what you want, then God, help me to surrender me so that I can want what you want. See, that's a right relationship with God. And that's what Solomon's encouraging us to. And, and when people are pursuing selfishness and self-centeredness and, and this, this sort of self-promotion and self-aggrandizement and self-entertainment and all that kind of stuff, I, I feel like as a pastor after all these years, I, I'm standing in the background going, I don't do that. I wouldn't if I were you. You need to be careful, right? That's what Solomon's doing. Solomon's going, look, I tried all that. And it's like grasping at vapor. It's meaningless. It's futility. You see, that, that, that's what Solomon's saying to us. And the question comes back to, uh, do you think the world around us is listening to what Solomon's got to say? Of course, I can tell you, they're not. I mean, I can answer that for you. Man, I, I went off last week. If you were here last week, you got it, right? If you didn't get it last week, it's probably on YouTube somewhere, right? But here's what I want to encourage you. The world around us is absolutely not going, God, let us, help us. We want what you want. The world around us is going, I want what I want when I want it. Now give it to me. And if you don't give it to me, I'll take it. See, that, that, that's not a right relationship with God. Second thing is just life in general. 
Some of the things Solomon wants us to know about. Some of the things that Solomon is, is warning us about. And when I, 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 I titled this, this, this second point, you ready? Going to come up with point two. Whoop! Life. Just life. I mean, remember I told you as we look into Solomon's Ecclesiastes, we're going to be answering some questions that philosophers have been trying to answer for years. Uh, where did I come from? Where am I going when I'm done here? And why was I here at all? What's the meaning and purpose of my life? Well, see, Solomon is explaining to us here, in, and I'm going to read a couple of verses from chapter 6. He's explaining life under the sun, the world sort of perspective of life, the secular view of life itself. And, and he says right here, he says, here's a tragedy I've observed. Don't you love it? I love it that Solomon, all throughout Ecclesiastes, just saying, I've seen this. <laughs> I saw that. I experienced this. He's giving us perspective. Now, let me, let me, let me. All right, here's the question. There was never a Willy Wonka 2. Y'all know that? There was never a sequel. I believe today if they made that movie brand new today, there'd be a sequel. Uh, here's what I don't believe they'd make, they'd put in the sequel to Willy Wonka. I don't believe they had a little blueberry girl come back and go, don't do that, I tried it. It didn't work out. I, I, I don't believe the little rich girl who jumped up on the, on the goose meat or egg meat or whatever it was. I don't believe in the, in the sequel they'd come back and go, don't go up there. That's not going to work out well for you. Right? Because the world is never about giving us caution as to what's bad for us. See, the world's about, oh, please yourself. If it makes you feel good, I grew up in the 70s, here it comes. Just do it. Right? That, 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 that was sort of that, that coming out of the 60s. Now I was just a little kid in the 60s, but by the 70s, it had, it had bloomed and flowered. And people were like, well, whatever you want to do, it's okay. Everything's free. Y'all know what we're dealing with in the 2020s? The, the, the plant we grew 50 years ago. Okay? That's what we're dealing with today. When you got a generation that doesn't want to assume responsibility, guess what? They raised their families not, not assuming responsibility. They raised their Kids and grandkids not assuming responsibility. Solomon says, here's a tragedy I've observed under the sun, and it weighs heavily on humanity. God gives a person riches, wealth, honor, so that he lacks nothing of all he desires for himself. Notice that wording. But God does not allow him to enjoy them. Instead, a stranger will enjoy them. This is futile and a sickening tragedy. Just, man, all around us, people in the world are just reaching and grabbing for junk in this world and still not being satisfied. Still not being felt to be whole or complete or anything. And, and they're trying to fill this great big old gap in their lives with, with some sort of, what, entertainment, substance, whatever it is. And then they still come up empty and go, and, and guess what? They die. It's life under the sun. 
it's a whole lot of meaningless if that's what you live for. Third thing comes out of chapter 8. Titled this, Sin. Remember I told you last week, what is sin? Sin, biblically defined, is to miss the mark. The mark that's identified in Scripture is perfection. God said to us, be holy as I am holy. And we all go, that's impossible. He says, I know. That's why I'm sending you Jesus. Because Jesus is perfect. Jesus is righteous. And so I'm going to give you a righteousness that is not your own. But I'm going to take your sin and make Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. Right? But you know what? That, 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 that's not a, a sort of a membership card to license. Okay, God gave me forgiveness and righteousness so I can act any way I want to. That's what the world thinks. That's why some traditions in, in faith think. They think, oh yeah, just as long as you go say the right words, everything's okay. Just so long as you go walk down the right aisle, that's everything's okay. Just so long as you get dunked in the right water or sprinkled on the head or whatever, everything's okay. No, our pursuit of life is to do everything as unto the Lord. Meaning that we want to be right with God first and foremost. That means I'm going to say, God, what is it that you want for me? Not what I want for me. Listen to these verses. This is a longer passage, but here you go. Solomon says, for every activity, there is a right time and procedure. Remember that from chapter 3? To everything, turn, turn, turn. For every activity, there's a right time and procedure, even though a person's troubles are heavy on him. Yet no one knows what will happen because who can tell him what will happen? No one has authority over the wind to restrain it. And there's no authority over the day of death. No one has, is discharged during battle and wickedness will not allow those to practice it to escape. All this I have seen applying my mind to all the work that is done under the sun at a time when one person has authority over another to his harm. In such circumstances I saw... Now, remember he's king in Jerusalem... He's in charge of the nation. He's in charge of the people. And he says, in such an end, he's talking about uh, all this I have seen applying my mind to all the work is, that is done under the sun at a time when one person has authority over another to his harm. In such circumstances, I saw the wicked buried. They came and went from the holy place. They were praised in the city where they did those things. This too is futile. Because the sentence against an evil act is not carried out quickly. The heart of people is filled with the desire to commit evil. Remember? Jesus told us the heart is abundantly, continually wicked all the time. Although a sinner does evil a hundred times, and prolongs his life. I also know that it will go well with God-fearing people, for they are reverent before him. However, it will not go well with the wicked, and they will not lengthen their days like a shadow, for they are not reverent before God. Wow. I don't know if you're reading along with us as we go through 
Ecclesiastes. I don't know if you've looked at Solomon's words. I mean, it's really, I mean, if you're like me and grew up in, quote, church, you know, Solomon's one of those names we respect. So- Solomon's one of those men that we've, we've heard all our lives. He, he's, he's, he's more wise than, than any man that ever lived before him or up until him. Many believe he's the greatest, most wise man ever lived. And then they tell about cutting a baby in half. Never understood that one when I was a kid, just to be honest with you. But when I read Ecclesiastes and I see here is a man who was granted a wisdom to govern God's people early in life and yet lived out this self, um, just self involved this self-serving life to come to what I believe is the end of his life and say it's all a waste of time it's all futile right and then this last passage right here is it's going to be how we consider sin in our own lives I try to encourage you try to encourage anybody to talk to People say, well, what about so-and-so did this? Or what about, they are over there doing that. Or what about, you know, get political if you want. I don't care. I say, you know what God entrusted to you? The only thing God entrusted to you. I'll pick out Mike right there. There's Mike. This is what I'd say to Mike. I don't know if I've ever said it to Mike, but I would have. I'd say, Mike, you know what God expects of you? He expects righteousness. So I would say this to anybody in the room. For your attitudes, your actions, and your choices, a right relationship with God is a righteousness relationship with God. Okay? Are you going to be perfect? No, you're not. You're going to make mistakes? Absolutely. What do we call mistakes? Sin. God has given us a a path to forgiveness because He loved us, not because He wanted us to, to be freed up to be selfish. Okay? Righteousness. Choose righteousness in your attitudes, your actions, your choices. Because one day, we're all going to die. I'm not just talking about make sure you do it because one day you're going to die, but the truth is, choose righteousness because one day you're going to die. Okay? I don't want to be flipping about it. But I want you to know something. God wants us to enjoy righteousness for today, not just for that day. Right? God wants us to enjoy righteousness in our relationship with Him. God wants us to enjoy righteousness in the choices we make, in the, in the conversations we have, in the way that we love those around us. See? I watched Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory about a, three or four weeks ago. Okay, here's, here's a bit of confession. <laughs> I still cry when Charlie hands back the gobstopper. Why? Why at 60 years old am I crying at a movie from my childhood? 
Because in that whole movie of bright colors and candy that I love, that was an act of righteousness. You see? His granddaddy wanted him to be selfish. Folks, the world's going to encourage you to selfishness. Sometimes your family's going to encourage you to selfishness. Your co-workers are going to encourage you to selfishness. Just the, 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 the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age, if you want to call it that, is going to encourage you to serve yourself. You know what God says? Sacrifice yourself. Die to self. Right? Solomon says, looking at the world, I wouldn't do that if I were you. That's what we need to hear from Solomon. It's what I heard from my mama. It's what mama said when I was little. She said all my life. Matter of fact, this morning, can y'all see this from where you are? So I ran a fever Monday and Tuesday morning. So it looks like I ran into a floor sander. Because every time I run a fever, I get fever blisters. And this time, man, it blew up my whole face. So I tried to grow my beard out so I covered up this week. It didn't work. So I'm back there on the phone. I said, Mom, I said, yeah. I said, I'm trying to limit my contact with people today because I really look like I've been in a fight. She said, have you been to the doctor? Mom, I'm in the audio room. I'm about to go out and preach. Uh, right? Why? Because mom's going to tell me what's good for me. Right? She's following what God says. And she's going to give me mama said instructions. All right? Not a Mother's Day message, but happy Mother's Day. What was the point? The point is, wait till your father brings you home. Anybody remember the show? Wait till your father gets home. I just made the point of today's message. Wait till your father brings you home. All right? Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And God, all that you're going to do today. God, I love you. I love you that there's a message in your word for every season, for every age, for every person. God, help us to hear you help us to hear your message god the world's proclaiming its message the world's telling us to act any kind of way we want to and there's solomon in the background going i wouldn't do that if i were you god help us to hear you help us to sacrifice help us to surrender help us to obey we pray it in jesus name